What were our biggest takeaways from Super Bowl 57? And is Quentin Johnston wide receiver one in this class? All that and more this episode of the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They've got a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. She is Kate Majuk. Follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, Super Bowl 57 is in the books. Your biggest takeaway was? Patrick Mahomes is so freaking good. <laughs> I Like, I know it's the most it's the most basic takeaway in the world, but, like, even Patrick Mahomes on one ankle, uh, still better than every other quarterback in the world with two ankles, period. Um, walked away with uh, 131 passer rating three touchdowns didn't see a ton of yardage but that's that's okay because what he didn't throw through the air he ran for on his hobbly little ankle um he just finds ways to win period over and over again um that's my takeaway but i know you have a different one marcus i mean it's isaiah pacheco right like we we talked about this on friday like who is the one player that could see their dynasty stock rise the most and for me, it was Pacheco. It was, hey, if he just comes in and dominates the running back touches and looks good doing it, I mean, we really don't have any reason to expect anything to change this offseason, and that's exactly what he did. To, to be honest, before we even get to the stats, the most important thing happened 90 minutes before kickoff, right? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was, he was on the, the active list. He practiced all week. Uh, he was off IR. And he was a healthy scratch. Didn't even play in this game. Uh, there were <laughs> there were twenty or sorry, nineteen rushing attempts by Chiefs running backs. Pacheco got fifteen of them. Fifteen carries for seventy six yards and a touchdown. Uh, didn't do anything in the passing game, but I mean, he's locked it as Kansas City's running back going forward. I, I thought he looked fantastic last night. A hundred percent looked amazing. And you're right. The, the biggest takeaway uh, perhaps for Pacheco wasn't even what we saw in the field, though he had a great game. It definitely was uh, the Clyde Edwards, Alaire healthy scratch uh, that just catapulted him in terms of just value. Like why is it? That, that is my biggest uh, probably surprise. Uh, As, as I mentioned that Clyde Edwards, Alaire was one of the players that I was watching for a potential bump in dynasty value, and we didn't even see him, that is not a ringing endorsement. Yeah. It, it feels like to me, Kate, that the Chiefs will try to move Clyde Edwards earlier this offseason. Not because they have to, but I think they kind of want to do right by him. And it's just clear that he's not going to play a lot on this team. So maybe they trade him. Maybe they cut him. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back Jarek McKinnon on a cheap contract. Um, sign somebody else, but it just doesn't feel like Clyde's coming back. Here is a question for you though, Marcus, because I think the biggest concern. So now we know Pacheco's the guy, right? We, that mm-hmm. He's the guy. We're all, we're all in agreement there. We're all sold there. 
like what do we make of his lack of involvement as a receiver? Because uh, that that's sort of the next question for me in determining his upside long term as a dynasty asset. And I mean, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried about that lack of involvement. Jarek McKinnon did uh, technically outsnap uh, Pacheco in terms of offensive snap count, uh, but that was you know, largely because of his involvement as a, as a route runner. I worry a little bit about that limiting his upside long-term. I understand the concerns. I also think <laughs> this is a really hot take. Andy Reid's a good coach and I don't think he wants to overwhelm his seventh round rookie running back. So one of the ways that rookie running backs tend to struggle is in pass protection, right? If you can't play in the passing game as a blocker, they don't really want you out there, right? So it feels like to me this is a way of kind of easing him in, just getting him touches. And then I've got a feeling Andrew Reid and the coaches are really going to work with him as a pass blocker this offseason. And that's why you'll see his, his uh, some of the stuff go up, you know, um, his targets and that stuff. I, I, he, I don't think he's going to be this big producer in the receiving game because, frankly, Mahomes just doesn't throw to the running backs all that often. He just throws the ball further downfield. But if he can get to 25, 30 catches a season, it's fine. All right. I I think that's fine. Uh, We should probably also talk about some Eagles. I hear they also played uh, a football game yesterday. Honestly, I mean, listen, Jalen Hurts is a superstar. (laughs) He had just a monster game, 70 rushing yards, three touchdowns, also 300 300 passing yards and a touchdown. I don't think you're moving him at all based on this game, even though he was awesome. Devontae Smith, seven catches for 100 yards. A.J. Brown, six for 96 to the touchdown. We kind of talked about this last week. Like, we know what these guys are. Maybe you shift them inside of a tier, but you're not moving them up or down or tier either way. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, But Jalen Hurts, man, what an underrated game for him. I honestly, I know it. I know it never, never happens. I think it's happened once in NFL history where uh, the Super Bowl MVP uh, comes out from the losing team. I honestly thought Jalen Hurts had a chance. Three hundred and seventy-four total yards, yeah. uh, four total touchdowns. Just an incredible performance. Um, I think the other takeaway is Devonta Smith, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard. That's such. Such yeah. a good receiving core that this this team really is going to be built to win in multiple ways for the years to come. Yeah, I would also say Miles Sanders, pretty disappointing in this game. Seven carries for 16 yards, got a little bit banged up. Uh, he did score two touchdowns two weeks against the 49ers, but 11 for 42. Um, we'll see. He's going to have a very interesting free agency coming up. I've got a feeling Philly's probably not going to bring him back considering their cap situation, so certainly a player to monitor as we go forward. Kate, let's talk about Quentin Johnston, wide receiver from TCU. And I want to know if you think he is wide receiver one in this class. Today's episode is brought to you by better help. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life has to throw at you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, 
BetterHelp is a fantastic option. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's affordable. Best of all, entirely available online. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for any reason with no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. Okay, today we are talking about TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnson, who we both had a chance to study and watch over the weekend. So uh, just right off the top, what do you think of him as a player? I think he's got a lot of really, really exciting traits that are going to make him uh, probably a top top 10 pick easy in, in the 2023 NFL draft. 6'4", 215 pounds. He's literally the picture of like if you could build a perfect wide receiver uh, 21 years old, plays primarily on the outside. But what's beautiful about Quentin, Don- Quentin Johnston is the fact that he's got this size, but he definitely doesn't look like he plays at that size. He's much smoother than you might anticipate for a guy who's 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, there's a lot to like. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, athleticism. There's a lot of tools i think he could use some some refinement but yeah. you've got to be very excited about his yards after the catch ability ranked ninth in yards per route run um it, he's he's just a great player my biggest knock on him so far in my evaluation is like i said he doesn't uh he doesn't look and move like a guy that's as big as he is it doesn't always feel like he plays quite as big as he is I want to see him establish a little bit more dominant, uh, a little bit more dominance at the catch point. I want to see him look more physical uh, at the catch point because that that was like my biggest uh, thing that I was kind of left wanting while I watched so, this tape. So um, we have the NFL Combine, I believe, happening two weeks from today. Is the first day that it kicks off. I think wide receivers run a little bit later in the week, but. Uh, Kate, my guys around the league that have been out to TCU and have seen him run, they're expecting him to run in the high four threes, maybe low four fours, you know, but like I think four four oh is kind of the number we're looking at here. So you mentioned the speed. Like we just don't get players very often this size, uh, with this weight and with that 40 time. I actually I, I want to shout out uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, Mike Renner. I, I was reading his draft guide this morning, and the comp that he gave Johnston was actually Martavis Bryant, who had a very similar build and speed, right? Not the most refined receiver, but somebody just that has this elite blend of athleticism that we just don't get very often. So uh, you you mentioned that you think he's going to be a top 10 pick. Do you think he's going to be the first receiver off the board just because of the athletic traits? I could I could easily see that because we know uh I mean if if you're confident in your coaching staff and your ability to develop those traits you know you're going to get a guy that's going to be very long for the NFL as long as he he follows the right trajectory. Yep. And I think Marcus there are a lot of interesting uh teams sort of in that range where he might be drafted um whether that be uh, I 
kind of think that the Detroit Lions are an interesting fit, mm. which many people probably, you know, they're, uh, you're, you might be sold on a Monroe St. Brown, but imagine St. Brown out of the slot and a guy like Quinton Johnston playing on the outside. Uh, you've already got, you know, I think they're, they're pretty confident in Jared Goff moving forward. I would love to see this dude with the Detroit Lions. Uh, they have the Rams pick at number six overall. Uh, that feels like the appropriate range. And again, like he's got the traits. Uh, I, I know we have Jamison Williams. This could be a absolute like dangerous pass attack. I will say, looking at the top 20 of the first round, there's not a lot of fits that I absolutely love. Let's just run through them really quickly because I, I think when you go through – you mentioned Detroit, but there, you go through some of these names and it's not all that appealing. Atlanta at 8. I would not love that. Houston at 12. Depends on who the quarterback is, but yes. Uh, Tennessee at 11. Um, New England at feels- 14. He feels like uh, – I don't think I'd like to see him with the Titans just given, you know, Traylon Burks. I feel like they kind of already have this guy that maybe needs a little bit of refinement, has size. Um, can, can I – here's my prediction. I know it's in February. Here, here's what I think is going to happen. You look at some of these teams, and I don't think – he fits necessarily what new England wants to do. I think there's a couple other receivers in this draft that makes sense. And the jets are obviously aren't going to draft them because of what they have at receiver. I'm looking at the teams that are drafting in like the low twenties that have a big deficiency at wide receiver or need some speed. For example, the chargers at 22, the Ravens at 23, the giants at 26, even the bills at 28, I've got a feeling with the wide receiver free agent market just not being great, you are going to see one of those teams or a team like that move up to get Johnson because that speed is just so coveted. It's coveted, and again, it's the traits. Uh, you know, if you have a team that can develop those those traits, um, I, I kind of like Baltimore if we're, we're looking in, uh, at teams in that sort of range to trade up. Uh, you know, imagine if they, they do go out, they pay – uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously you have Rashad Bateman, who we, we haven't seen uh, fully healthy yet uh, with the opportunity, but um, it, pairing, you know, a newly paid Lamar Jackson with a uh, first round rookie wide receiver uh, help compensate maybe for uh, some of the, the contract that you're going to be paying up. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of possibilities, Marcus. Um, And I I don't know. I I still want to see him go to the Detroit lions, make a splash. My friends, I'm like, I would just, I I think this would be the most insane pass attack that we could ever imagine uh, in the history of the universe. If we had Jamison Williams, Quentin Johnston and Amonra St. Brown and Mm. They ride it off into the sunset. I know it doesn't fit what they want to do because they're they're a tough, they're defensive, they they run the ball, but oh, there's uh, it would just be so delicious. I, I want him with the Chargers. That's the fit for me because Her- Justin Herbert's not had a receiver like this that he can just throw the ball down the field. Mike Williams is a downfield threat, but he's a different type, right? He's really more of the contested catch guy. 
would love, love to see him land with Justin Herbert out in L.A. I want to talk about his current dynasty value and where Quentin Johnston ranks among other rookie receivers right now. Uh, more on that in just a second. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the highest point scores to the number of three-pointers drained in the game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, let's talk about Johnston's dynasty value right now because on Dynasty League Football, he's currently being drafted as wide receiver three in rookie drafts, fifth overall behind Bijan Robinson, Jamar Gibbs, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, and then Jordan Addison from USC. Do you agree with that? I think it's pretty fair. Um, I think what we're trading off here for uh, some of the refinement that uh, a Jordan Addison offers, even though maybe we're sacrificing a little bit of that size. Um, it, like, I think we're, it, it's kind of a, at a point where you're trading off maybe those, those little things we're getting a little nitpicky about, right. For the traits. Yeah. Um, it feels like, uh, it, you know, we're, it just feels like those guys have such higher floors, right. And then it's that's just... the best way to say it, a higher floor. Thank you. Um, yeah. Because it, it, to me, to me, we're going to get to Addison and Jackson Smith and Chupa, but those guys feel more and more like they have the Chris Olave floor where they can go into any offense and be 900-yard receivers, right? But I think there's a chance that Johnston could go to a team like Tennessee, right, who needs wide receiver help and is a 600-yard receiver one year, 700-yard receiver the next year, and it's just – it's tough. I, I, I just don't see the floor – so I'm okay ranking him at wide receiver three right now until we learn where he ends up. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, you know, I think again, going back to what you just said, cause I think that's the perfect description. The floor doesn't feel as high, but I do think out of this class, uh, he might just based on traits, athletic profile, speed landing in the right situation, he yeah. might have the highest ceiling. Right. Cause if you told me he, the chargers traded up and drafted him at like 13, I mean, he'd be pretty clearly my wide receiver one. But if he lands in Tennessee, we might be talking about him further down the board. So we love Johnson. We love the, the athletic traits. I do think the landing spot, much like Traylon Burks last year, it's going to matter, right? I mean, because Burks was a very simple player, didn't have the, the top-end athleticism, but you were just a little bit worried about where he was going to land. Yeah, I, I think landing spot is going to be extremely pivotal, Uh more so for Johnston than it will be for yes. a guy like Addison or uh, Smith and Jigba. Uh, I, I think interesting, interesting receiving class. Yes. I'm still at the, in the beginning of my scouting process and I'm, I'm very intrigued, Marcus. So this, this is an interesting group. Just 
really quickly before we head out. Um, I know I've got a startup draft that's coming up with rookies included, so that you just you draft them wherever you want to. Let's rank uh, rank Johnston where you think he would come in at receivers. Um, Traylon Burks currently wide receiver twenty. Would you rather have Johnston or Burks? I'll take Burks. Okay. Uh, um, George Pickens wide. Yeah, that's a sorry Burks wide receiver twenty. I think I agree with you. George Pickens wide receiver twenty four. Oof. Oof. Um, I'll still go with Pickens. I, I agree. Uh, Christian Watson, wide receiver 26. This is where the line blurs for me. I think I might roll Johnston there. See, I would go Watson there, but I agree it's close. Um, a couple names right behind him. Uh, Jamison Williams, wide receiver 27. Brendan Ayuk, wide receiver 28. I think I would take both those players over Johnston. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I think right on the money there. Next group so our of guys. only our only point of differentiation so far has been Christian Watson, but yep. I think for that, I think for me, um, it's that next group of guys, right? It's the Deontay Johnsons, the Amari Coopers, the Mike Evans, Jahan Dotsons, Christian Kirk. That's the spot for me that I would be willing to take Johnson. I, I I just I as much as I like Kirk and I like Deontay Johnson, I think I would gamble on the upside there. Would you take? Johnston over Kirk, Dotson, Bateman? Yes, all of the above. Um, again, comes down to that that upside. Uh, that that feels like the kind of range where we hit that tipping point of, yes, we're not getting the, the safety of a floor, perhaps, for a Christian Kirk, but it still does feel like the traits and athleticism yeah. um, in the right situation, uh, that, you know, that gives him a little bit of upside there. Yeah, so we, I mean... Very roughly, we're looking at like wide receiver 30-ish right now, around yeah. there. That yeah. feels, feels that about feels right, and that can move up or down depending on the landing spot. For sure, and like let's be honest, with a player with that kind of upside, wide receiver 30 feels like a really great deal for yeah. uh, the potential ceiling we could be unlocking here. Yeah. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, Go check out the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to continue some rookie profiles. Again, we're going to be like in a sprint until we get to the combine here in two weeks. And then we've got pro days coming up and free agency in the draft. So while the NFL season officially ended last night, there's no off season in dynasty football. So we'll be here the rest of the way. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your Monday. We'll see you guys next time.